Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to the program Tawheed and the Creation with myself Muhammad Fasih Peterson in conversation with Buddha Sali Mani, uh, the author of the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body and uh, in this program we explore the book and the concepts therein that relates to the internal dimensions, the internal aspects of the human body, also the external dimensions looking at uh, space, looking at the universe as such and also exploring the creation of the universe all in a manner of trying to get to understand the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a little bit better looking for them and also helping to increase our iman and strengthen our iman through recognizing those signs uh, as always uh, Badasali joins us in studio Badasali assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program once again wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Muhammad Fasih. Uh, and the listeners out there. Uh, but Asali, last uh, week and the weeks uh, prior to that, we were looking at, uh, after the Big Bang, the appearance of space and time as uh, aspects of uh, creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as aspects that came into being after the Big Bang. And so this week, uh, we will be exploring now what happens after the explosion, after the, uh, this, this intense energy that was released into the world and the appearance of these subatomic particles. And we spoke about the forces as well, the super forces, so to speak, that had been also released into the world as a result of this Big Bang. Wala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad. Well, as you've uh, correctly um, summarized, we are at this point in the history of the universe, uh, Muhammad Fasih, where we have nothing else. So we have to find a way of laying the basis so that we can understand where did the stars and the galaxies and the planets and the sun and eventually human beings and plants all come from. We're at that point now in our discussions to describe how matter came into existence. When we talk about matter, it might not be an easy concept because we're not talking about what is the matter. Uh, so obviously we're speaking about how anything that's physical that we can see and touch, any material that uh, the world is made up of, whether it is today we're looking at wood, uh, we're looking at metal, we're looking at glass, we're looking at uh, wool, we're looking at uh, biological and non-biological matter, all of that uh, and the existence of that and how it came into being. Okay, so, so if we understand matter is a term that we are using to describe the material that the universe is made up of. Now, the material that the universe is made up of can come in three forms. It can either be in solid form, or it can be in the form of gas, or it could be a liquid. Now, 
any physical substance or matter or material requires space. Now we can understand our previous discussion that how important it was that we have under some understanding of that space was created and these physical substances or the material that the world is made up of occupy space. Now we left off last week where we said we have these subatomic particles and I'm, I'll just mention the names for those who might be interested without going into detail. The subatomic particles of matter that um, existed at this point in the history of the universe uh, were called quarks, leptons and gluons. Those were the, were the tiny pieces of material that existed and out of these things came eventually the creation or the emergence of atoms in our universe. And just as a reminder also to our listeners out there, it's a useful point to remember because once you get to know this fact, you will find how important it is later on in your life. And that is to remember that the speed of light is... Muhammad Fasih, you still remember? What's the speed of light? Uh, I think it was uh, 300,000 kilometers per second, yes. That was uh, circumnavigating the earth quite a few times. <laughs> yes. The speed of light, just so that we can remember this. Um, we're not, uh, you, you were trying to give me the answer of a light year. Yes. A light year is 93 uh, trillion kilometers, but the speed of light itself mm. is 300,000 kilometers per second. And we said that light is so fast, it moves seven and a half times around the entire planet Earth uh, in, in one single second. Now, now we've, we've discussed very briefly about the appearance of the fundamental universal forces. And I'm just going to mention them quickly again. It was magnetism, gravity, and the strong and weak nuclear forces. Now, when these forces and these small subatomic pieces of matter uh, started appearing in the universe, we now had the ideal conditions for atoms to start coming into creation because without any of those things that I've mentioned, the four forces and the small pieces of matter, they are like the ingredients from which atoms are actually constructed. They become the building blocks of atoms and atoms, everything in the entire creation are made up of atoms. Now, after the break, uh, we're going to be exploring what exactly atoms are. We're going to be looking at them in a little bit more detail. Uh, this is the program, Tawheed and the Creation, uh, with Putasali Mani, exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. And uh, when we come back after the break, we'll have more for you. Stay with us. <laughs> Is 
Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi and welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation in conversation with Buddhasari Mani and uh, before the break we explored the term atom and we are going to go into the explanation of an atom. Now Buddhasari we've heard on many programs on television where people spoken about scientific matters they speak about the atom and the crucial uh, role that it plays and now we've heard that atoms came into existence from all of the forces that were there at the time but what exactly is an atom and how does it behave and the role that it plays in the facilitation of of solid matter that we see today Atoms, as I've uh, indicated, are the building blocks of everything in the entire universe. And when I say everything, everything in the material world, we're talking about stars, we're talking about plants, we're talking about human beings, we're talking about plastic and wool and everything that, that you mentioned uh, previously, Muhammad Fasih. Everything that we can think of, um, are made up of atoms. So if atoms were not created, we would have nothing else in the universe. Now, of course, we're talking now from, from a scientific point for now. We'll come back to the Tawheed uh, implications of what we are saying. But once we understand how important atoms are, then maybe we can see who is the creator of all of this. Now, let's then just pause on atoms. Uh, now, the youngsters who, and some of the older people, if they can remember this far back, um, will know that atoms are extremely small pieces or objects that looks similar to a microscopic version of a solar system like the sun is in the middle and you have the earth and the other planets orbiting around the sun an atom is very similar to that um, in the center what if we have this picture in our mind um, of the sun and use that as an example of of of, of the atom then the center would be the nucleus. The nucleus have two components. It has a proton and a neutron. The proton is a positive charge and around the nucleus, around the sun, um, you have electrons orbiting around the sun or around the nucleus and those electrons are negatively charged. Now, in very simple terms, the amount of electrons that's orbit around the nucleus are the same amount as the charge of the protons that you have within the center of the atom. Now these things are exceptionally small. We know what's a meter, we know what is a millimeter, we know what is a micrometer and then there's a nanometer. It's 0.1 of a nanometer. That's the size of an <laughs> atom. <laughs> 
I think I think that is amazing because I know that uh, when one's measuring with a micrometer, that is something that you can't even take a pencil. For instance, I can draw a millimeter with a pencil with a very fine line. You can't even do it with a micrometer. But if we're talking about nanometers and having that as a point, not even one, but as a point of that, that is extremely, extremely small. And yet, these are the building blocks for all matter in the world. Subhanallah. Now, the, when we say building blocks, I mean, just picture this, uh, Muhammad Fasih, that you look at stars, or just look at the place that you are sitting in, or this building that we are sitting in. This whole building is made up of these tiny pieces that come together in one form or another to give us everything that we see around us. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used that. That in itself must make us shudder and think how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really is. To use these tiny small pieces. We'll come to how it actually combined and so on to give us all the things that we have, but that's where it all started from in the material world. But suddenly now I'm thinking about the fact that it's not just that Allah created this and these things are just there. But they are performing a function, they're performing a role. As Bilisarid mentioned, there's an orbit taking place of the electrons around the nucleus. So there's this constant revolution taking place. And that's happening with each and every single atom. And Allah subhanahu is in control of that whole process. And this is something that's happening at a level beyond microscopic that we cannot even see. Yeah. <laughs> um... You know, when we marvel at to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created every single ant, every grain of sand, just to give you an idea, if we talk about a grain of sand, one grain of sand contains, now listen to this, one grain of sand contains 50 trillion, trillion atoms. Whoa. So how small is an is a atom? Subhanallah, subhanallah. Now, if an if atom is that small, 50 trillion, trillion atoms are needed to create one atom. And Allah used that as the building block. That small, tiny, 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 you, you can't, tiny is, is, is too big a word, even microscopic is even too big because it's even smaller than that. But these minuscule, tiny pieces of matter became the building blocks of every single thing in the entire universe. Now, before we get lost there, the step before the, the atoms actually came into existence. Now, we know we have electrons. They are like the equivalent of the Earth and the planets. And the center is the sun. And that would be the proton and the neutrons. Now that's like the sun, the equivalent of the sun, that's the center. The center of the atoms first came into being, the protons and the neutrons um, of uh, substances like uh, elements of hydrogen and helium. I know it's going to become technical now. But when the earth was three minutes old, or everything else happened that we've spoken about within the first three minutes, and now three minutes later, the first protons and neutrons of some of the uh, elements in the world came into existence. And only 300,000 years later did the first atoms uh, uh, come into existence. Because think back of the time 
when the, when the whole universe was made up of nothing else than this cloud of dust uh, and microscopic pieces of matter. Um, 300,000 years after that, the first atoms started emerging. So uh, it's important to know that now the construction process can begin. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I've been told by uh, some of the listeners that uh, there are times when I become too technical about the scientific things. But except to say um, that there are 118 elements from which everything in the universe is made up of. Now, element, you say, but didn't I say atoms are made up, uh, the universe is made up of atoms? Yes, but all the atoms are not the same. The amount of electrons and protons within the atom gives you a different type of material, uh, which is called an element. And there are just over 100, in fact, to be exact, 118 elements from which everything in the entire universe is made up of. Um, and uh, we're, we're not going to go into that, but these elements, if we take water, water is a good example to use as, uh, as, as uh, to explain this concept. The two elements that we are talking about when we talk about water is hydrogen and oxygen. And we know the formula, most of us know it, H2O. Uh, you see it on the bottles when you buy water. H2O actually says there's two molecules of hydrogen and one molecule of oxygen. If you combine it, you get one, a compound which is called water. Um, and it's made up of two molecules of hydrogen and one molecule of oxygen. Before I get to technical, I'm rather going to leave it there, Muhammad Rasir. No, but certainly, again, we are looking at something that's not even microscopic. We're talking about something that is bordering on the quantum uh, level in the sense that it is so minute, it's so tiny. Even at that level, it's not just, oh, there's something, but beyond that, there's something else. Beyond that, there's something else. Beyond that, there's something else. Is testament to the fact that Allah has really, really taken care of every single aspect of Allah's creation, even up to that minute point that we can't even see and we even take for granted. Muhammad Rasih, I um, want to quote you something. Um, and the reason why I've actually included this, many people have probably... Um, started watching this series on uh, the uh, Turkish uh, uh, series Ertrul. Um and they've heard about Ibn Arabi they say Ibn Arabi <laughs> Ibn Arabi um, said and he lived close to a thousand between 900 and a thousand years uh, ago he made the statement, and I'm going to quote what he said almost a thousand years ago. Ibn Arabi said, When the secret of the atom becomes known, then the secrets of the whole universe, visible and invisible, will be revealed. Ibn Arabi said this, subhanallah, almost a thousand years ago. 
And at that time, magnification could not have reached a level beyond even the microscope. The microscope wasn't even invented then. So how was it that he was able to speak about something at the atomic level? SubhanAllah. <laughs> that scientists took 1,800 years <laughs> or 1,700 years to research to get to the point where they are, we are now. Yeah, they, they took 2,000 years. Probably where we are now, some of the things that he has spoken about, I'm not going to say more, but maybe now people, when, when Ibn Arabi speaks and they listen to this uh, or watch the series, they will listen more carefully to what he has to say and extract the deeper meaning because some of the things he has spoken about is extremely profound and very deep. So uh, just listen carefully to what the man has to say. <laughs> the Wusan of Bilisani Mani, this is the program, Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. Uh, we're going to go for a break. When we come back, we will continue. You're welcome to WhatsApp us, 72 uh, If you'd like to comment on the show and perhaps in future programs, if you'd like us to give clarity on certain things that were discussed, you may do so uh, during the program, and uh, we will, in future programs, Perhaps tackle those. But for now, time for a break. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation with Badasani Mani exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body and uh, tonight we are looking at atoms, the appearance of atoms after the Big Bang and uh, how atoms play a role in the creation of everything, how it plays a role in the makeup of everything. Yes, uh, Muhammad Fasih, um, the first significant point that I would like to touch on is the potential power. Now, <laughs> I'm glad that we spent a little bit of time to explain how extremely small these atoms are that we are talking about. Now, within an atom, we have potential power and energy that's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing now this is not just a statement this is something that through research and many tests scientists have actually uncovered or discovered the amount of power that or potential power that is within every single atom in the entire universe and when you tap into that power, you unleash the, what they are referring to as nuclear power and atomic power. Do I need to say more? Uh, cities, countries are run and can even be destroyed by the amount of power that's unleashed from these microscopically small tiny pieces of matter that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. Now, that is something that on its own should make us think, subhanAllah, where, you want to ask where the power comes from? The power comes from Allah. 
But Allah has created the atoms to contain that power. And we have discovered means of unleashing that power. So if you take a single grain of sand, and we said how many atoms there are in a grain of sand, if you forgot, uh, it's 50 trillion trillion atoms. So if you unleash the potential power in a single grain of sand, and you are able to utilize it, you can destroy the entire planet Earth Subhanallah. from that one single grain of sand. I'm talking about power. So we talk about power to, 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 for the lights in ESCOM. So why are we not able to harness? We are not Allah. Only Allah would know exactly. We've just seen a tip of it and Allah gives us a hint of how powerful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really is. And when we look at the potential power in the universe, we must link it to the sifat of Allah that Allah is all powerful. And also I'm reminded of something here because if we say that even in a grain of sand there's this potential power because of all of these trillions of atoms, then it makes even more sense that Rasulullah respected every element, every aspect of this dunya, whether it was a grain of sand, whether it was a stone, whether it was a plant, he respected that and certainly he knew the value and the status that Allah has placed in everything that Allah has created and therefore he showed his respect to it and now we get to see that even in the tiniest thing that Allah has created there's a certain nobility that goes with it Subhanallah, you, you're so 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 right uh, Muhammad Fasih Our purpose on earth is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worshipping means also to recognize the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every single thing that we see around us. So if one looks, I, I'm sitting where I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the doorknob, I'm looking at the microphone. These things should be seen as the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you make the doorknob a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it might not be easy, but if you think and reflect and use this information and say, that that doorknob is made up of atoms. And, which brings me to the next point, and if it's made up of atoms, think of the potential power that each atom within that doorknob potentially has. That doorknob can blow, has enough power potentially in it to blow up this entire planet. Think of that when you look at that and look at the power that Allah has put in that. Now, if you look at that, the doorknob should give us another reminder. Uh, people are going to say they don't see a doorknob. Uh, look at anything else then. <laughs> uh, if you look at the doorknob, and I'm going to use that now because it's right in my eye line. Um, think of that movement. We said atoms are made up of, like it's, it's like the solar system, it has a center around which you have the planets orbiting. Picture that movement around the nucleus of every single atom, that movement in things that look so solid. Picture that movement and actually recognize the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at work. 
Now the amazing thing, when you look at that doorknob that's standing dead still, it's actually made up of that very movement. If the electrons stop moving around its center, then the doorknob collapses. The doorknob is made up based on the fact that that movement of the electrons is part of why it is able to have that shape and form and be what it is. So if you look at that movement alone, uh, you know, apart from the power, look at the movement in everything that we see, a person or the glass or the doorknob or whatever, recognize that movement and see who is the creator be behind this and marvel at Allah's uh, greatness. And I would purposely like to say, think of the tawaf of that, that movement. Think of the tawaf in a sense because it's a circular movement. And also then understanding that even that atom, even that atomic particle in itself is recognizing its Lord. It is recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. In fact, um, Muhammad Fasih, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, gives us a hint of how things work from the smallest to the biggest. Atoms, the way we understand it, move in that circular fashion around the center. The thing that we will probably come to later and touch on is that it's not only the planets that move around the sun. We will come to it and we will repeat it because it's important to recognize this, that the sun, in fact, is also moving around the center of the Milky Way. And the Milky Way is also in an orbit. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us tawaf around the Kaaba. Not that we must worship the building, but the owner of the building and what that house represents. So your point is an extremely significant point that when we do a tawaf around the Kaaba, we're actually in the same kind of act of obedience like the rest of creation is in. SubhanAllah. That's a, that's, a, that's a profound point. And so therefore, again, coming back to what we've referred to, the status and significance of everything, that everything is recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore, that gives us an awareness when we walk, not to walk arrogantly on the earth, not to abuse uh, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed here, because even those things that Allah has placed here is serving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even when we sometimes are not serving Allah in our capacity as human beings. Yeah, all of these things are one day when we stand in front of our Almighty Lord to account for our actions. Everything around us will bear witness for or against us. Everything will have the ability to speak for or against us. So if we behave in a way that was displeasing to Allah, then that thing, not only people, the earth, the plants and the trees and the carpets and the floor and everything, that's why people move from one position to another uh, in the masjid, because that very spot will be able to speak for or against you. I bear witness that that person was on that particular moment in time making salah in direct 
obedience to the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, it's so true. We must respect and understand that everything in the entire creation will have the ability to speak for or against us. So, we must be careful how we walk on this earth. Uh, some of the awliya were too scared to put their feet too firmly on the ground in case they are doing things in a way that's displeasing to Allah and they're not giving haq to the rest of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. But to come back to the atoms, <laughs> <laughs> to come back to the atoms, there's another point that I think is, is extremely significant, which I just found that I had to share. You know, so we have this enormous potential power and we have this movement within atoms. The other amazing thing that struck me when I was researching this issue about atoms, uh, Muhammad Fasih, was if we picture the solar system, you see if I had the overhead projector, I could show you uh, more effectively uh, demonstrate this point, but picture this when you, when, when, when you are listening to the point you have the sun in the middle and you have the planets. If you take the entire picture of the furthest planet, uh, Pluto, some people say it's not a planet, but let's not go there. Uh, but we go right up to Pluto and we go to the sun from the one end of Pluto to the sun. If Pluto goes right round, it doubles up that distance, right? If it goes right around, the distance from where Pluto is now, um, if it goes past the sun, it will go the same distance past it. Um, now, what is in between? In between the sun and the planets? Space. Space. How much space? More space than these planets take up. In fact, that image should make it clear to us that is that not the same kind of arrangement that Allah chose for the atoms? We're talking about the atom, but we have these electrons going around its center. So atoms are actually made up mainly of space. Subhanallah. I, I, if I tell you that that doorknob that I spoke about and this very floor is made up mainly of space. This is a scientific fact. I, I'm, not, I'm not speculating. I'm not speculating now. I'm talking about the scientific fact now. That everything around us, <laughs> human beings even, are made up mainly of empty space. Do you know what, they, what one of the scientists uh, said? We're now talking about scientists. We're not talking about uh, a religious scholar. One of the scientists said, if we were to remove all the empty space that exists in atoms, then the entire human race, and how, how many people do we have on this planet close to? Maybe almost 8 billion, I think. Almost 8 billion? Uh, let's be generous and say 7 billion. Mm. Or even 6 billion people on this planet. 
if you were to compress the human race and take out all the empty space, they say it will be the size of a sugar cube. Subhanallah. So what are we talking about? We're talking about this entire creation. The stars, the moon, the planets, everything that we see around us, including human beings, are made up of mainly empty space. If that doesn't make you shake and shudder, how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. To take a piece of concrete uh, or, or steel or your phone in your hand and think that it's actually made up of, of, of empty space, it's something that's very difficult to go into the mind, but it's actually a fact. This is not speculation. This is a scientific fact and you can go Google it and, 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 and find out that the reality is that most, almost all the matter is made up of mainly empty space because of the construction of how uh, atoms are put together, how Allah created atoms, and that atoms are the things from which everything else has been created. But Asali, it's been a very, very interesting and engaging uh, session. I think this evening we've covered, as we always say, a lot of ground. And uh, <coughs> subhanAllah, I think we want to go back now and check out YouTube and, and the internet and see, uh, read up a little bit more about atoms and how they function. And subhanAllah, uh, again, we see the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala represented in things that no man can duplicate. Nothing in this world can duplicate. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put this in action. Uh, as we say, millions or billions of years ago in our measurement and yet till today that order remains subhanallah but asali big shukran for joining us once again and we look forward to next week's program um shukran muhammad fasih it's been my pleasure to be here i just want to say that we're getting closer to the purpose of why we're having the show not only to understand how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the universe but if we look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the universe and it leads to an increase in our iman and taqwa and use everything that we see around us as the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we will know that we're on the right path, inshallah. Shukran Amen. very much. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and uh, that is it for tonight's edition of Tawheed and the Creation exploring the book uh, The Big Bang The Amazing Human Body authored by Buddha Saad Imani and from myself Muhammad Fasih peace inshallah till I speak to you again I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and have a fantastic evening further La hawla wa la illa 